on today's show. Why did the Brooklyn Nets not want to hire Ime Odoka earlier this season? Why is the situation different now with the Houston Rockets? Plus, we'll compare and contrast some of the pros and cons of Ime Odoka and Frank Vogel as what appears to be the two leading contenders for the head coaching position in Houston. What makes them different, even though they're both kind of defensive guys? We're going to break down all of that and more coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green, Alperon Shingun, and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. And the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, including YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. As always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Joining us now is your weekly co-host, none other than the podfather himself, Rockets Wire editor and host of the Logger Line podcast, Ben DuBose. You can follow on Twitter at Ben DuBose. And we've got a loaded show for you here today. We're going to really dive in on some of the Rockets potential head coaching candidates here, kind of unpacking some of the maybe concerns with Ime Odoka and why the Houston Rockets seemingly are so content to hire him and why the vetting process seems to have gone a little bit more smoothly for the Rockets than it did maybe earlier this season when the Brooklyn Nets were taking a real hard look at whether they wanted to hire Udoka or not and why they actually ultimately passed on him. And then we'll do some comparing and contrasting the differences between Ime Udoka and Frank Vogel as possible candidates because there are some similarities there, but there are some very key differences as well. Ben, let's start with that first part of the equation here because it's something that I think does warrant some discussion uh sure. you know Emo Doka comes with this a certain amount of baggage right I mean he was he was a, yeah. a fresh off a finals trip in Boston he had the whole you know situation come to light the the scandal whatever you want to call it and there was a lot of digging a lot of reporting a lot of unpacking trying to figure out and get to the core root of what really happened there and then he was let go right and there was yeah. the whole idea of you know, the Brooklyn Nets had a lot of uncertainty about their situation and they were taking a really hard look at maybe hiring him and then they decided not to. So how is that situation different in your eyes right now than, than what it looks like for the Rockets as they, you know, as they're potentially pursuing him as their next head coach? Yeah, and I've been told that the Rockets have done their due diligence and I think they're aware that at some point, should they decide to hire him, absolutely, they'll have to explain probably in the opening press conference exactly what that due diligence was how they reached those conclusions that's part of the process i don't think they're naive to that look i'll say going in there's no clearly right or wrong answer on this it's not just about the alleged affair with the staffer it's also about what happened with yudoka in boston it's about the power dynamics of a leader allegedly doing this with a subordinate 
And when you're in that type of position, especially one that's so visible, there are greater responsibilities. And so it's a serious issue. They dealt with it the way their own investigation, well, they hired a firm to look into it, advised. And here we are. And Brooklyn, once they fired Steve Nash on November 1st, it was reported that Udoka was the front runner ended up going with Jock Vaughn instead. And here we are in the offseason and Udoka is still a free agent. Here's what I'll say. I don't think there's any right or wrong answer in terms of how any of us individually feel. If you're watching or listening to us and you think that Udoka shouldn't be back in the NBA, that he shouldn't be reinstated, you are completely entitled to feel that way. This is a complicated issue. It's very personal and Perhaps there's more to it than we know. That's another part of it. It's not like Yudoka, to my knowledge, has even talked about the incident publicly. It's not like he's had to have a press conference since he hasn't even had an official job since then. So there could be more to the story, absolutely. But with regard to why Brooklyn went a different direction and why I don't think it applies to Houston, it doesn't necessarily signal that Brooklyn found, oh, there's more to his backstory. I've seen that talk on social media and the blogs a lot already that, well, Brooklyn, they were looking into him and they must have found something else and then just decided to pivot. Those damn Not blog boys, man. The worst. <laughs> yeah. The problem when Brooklyn entered that search, the season was literally two weeks old. And I think there's a lot of people, again, it's completely fine to be in the minority. It's not like, a, you know, the majority is automatically right, the minority is automatically wrong. But in terms of, I guess, whether a hire is politically tenable and the overall PR reaction, there's a lot of people that are open to giving second chances, but only if they feel that the person has learned and adapted from the original mistake. And part of that process is being held accountable and there are actually being consequences so that the person theoretically keeps that in mind and doesn't make that mistake in the future. If Ime Udoka was to get a job almost immediately after leaving Boston, keep in mind the scandal broke just on the edge of training camp and Basically, the season was just two weeks old. Nobody really cares about training camp for the preseason anyway. So there were all of two weeks of controversy. And it's not just a job. At the time, Brooklyn was a loaded job, a ready-made contender led by Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, just three hours down the road. He could almost walk there. It felt the overall narrative was that he hadn't really been punished if he walked into that job. As opposed to now, after a season in which he completely sat out, I think the overall reaction, and again, if you don't feel this way yourself, that's totally fine. I'm just speaking in terms of the overall, I, I suppose, PR angle to this. I think there's a lot of people that are open-minded to giving him a second chance if they feel the original situation was sufficiently dealt with. And now that he's had a season off, you can make that case. I don't think two weeks is nearly the same thing. So I think comparing the PR angle of Brooklyn, which I think largely drove their decision to look a different direction, to what the dynamics are now, it's entirely different. Now, Yudoka will still have to answer for that in his interview. I'm sure he's had to provide references, background, whatever you want to call it in regards to explaining his side of the story and hopefully how he's learned and adapted from it. And he'll have to promise that it's not going to happen again and so on and so forth. Yeah, all of that's true. But I just think at a root element with Brooklyn, if that high of a percentage of your customers, your advertisers, what have you, are opposed, at some point your hand is forced. 
I don't think the Rockets are going to face that same type of backlash simply because of the time that's passed. Now, that doesn't mean they have to hire him. No, I mean, leaders are leaders for a reason. And if any of their key decision makers in the organization has reservations, then sometimes leaders you know, have to stand by their convictions. And they shouldn't hire him if they're not all in and they're not bought in on what he's selling them. But I just think Brooklyn's hand was largely forced because the reaction was so strong against Udoka at that time because it was so fresh and because it wasn't like there was truly a sense of accountability of him having consequences for his mistake if he walked into that situation. I think there's a greater argument for accountability now, and that's probably why the Rockets are going to be more open-minded to giving him an honest look. Yeah, and I, I, it's worth, I, I mean, I feel like I, I've gotten the same kind of reassurance that their preliminary kind of vetting process has gone well to this point and hasn't mm-hmm. drudged up anything, you know, past what we already think that we know about the situation. Now, again, that that dynamic changes a little bit after they go through the actual interview process, sure. right? Because he's going to have to share his side of the story and kind of acknowledge everything that went on. And it's going to be very different versus them doing their digging around the situation versus getting it straight from the horse's yep. mouth, if you will, and figuring out exactly what went on and then vetting him from that angle and deciding, okay, is this something we want to move forward with? Or do we need to like stand true to our convictions, our beliefs, whatever, and, and, and distance ourselves and stay away from this guy as a candidate. But at least at, right now, things look, you know, like they're heading in a positive yeah. direction. And I, I think, look I, solid. yeah, I think the best way to sum it up, Brooklyn got a hard stop simply based on the immediate reaction. I don't think Houston got a hard stop. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to proceed. There's still hard questions that need to be asked of him and decisions internally that they're going to have to talk about. Are they comfortable doing this? But I think Houston is at least at a point now where they're comfortable getting past that, I suppose, initial checkpoint in a way that Brooklyn in early November just wasn't able to. Coming up, let's get into some of the basketball discussion, though. The differences comparing, contrasting Ime Odoka and Frank Vogel, the two kind of apparent front runners, maybe, for the Houston Rockets head coaching position. We're going to get there in just one moment. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Look, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is the best mobile game I've played in a long time. I always thought I could be a great NBA GM, and as it turns out, it's really not that easy. If you've had the same thought and have fantasized about managing your own basketball franchise, go and download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise. You deal with challenging personalities like players and coaches, hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, and Pretty much all the ups and downs of multiple seasons. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Look, me and the other Locked On hosts, we basically made ourselves a little league. We've gone through like multiple seasons already competing for titles, talking trash with one another. It is a ton of fun. You can download the, uh, download the game. Play with your friends, play with your family, whatever it is. What, whatever, whoever your most competitive circle is, that's who you want to play with. And Locked On Rockets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the QR code, or look it up on the App Store. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. And continuing on here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. And we're going to dive into some of these differences, uh, key differences, I guess, between Emi Odoka and Frank Vogel as two of the 
uh, names at the top of the Rockets head coaching list. But first, Ben, I do have to ask, um, have you for Victor. yet today? Because yes. we're in the aftermath of the coin flips and the lottery gods have graced the Rockets with at least no less than a top six pick this season. So that is uh, something to be very, very grateful for. Also, Ben, I want to give you a chance to plug uh, Loggerline really quick before we dive into a bit of this discussion, because some of this is actually going to stem from a conversation that you recently had over there on your show. Yeah, I had Caitlin Cooper, one of my favorite X's and O's people in all of basketball media. She predominantly covers the Pacers. and So I had her on to talk about Frank Vogel because, of course, she watched him closely over Vogel's decade there, six as a head coach, four before that as an assistant. And so I think she can speak a lot to the reasons why he's a credible NBA head coach, but she also watches the league as a whole. So we had a bit of discussion also about how he stacks up to the other names at the top of the Rockets list, according to the reports, being obviously Ime Ujoka, Kenny Atkinson, and Nick Nurse. Okay, so with that, let's kind of dive in here. And we'll, because we, when, we, when you look at them on the surface, right? Vogel, Udoka, they both kind of come off as, okay, they're defensive guys, right? They get guys to, to buy in defensively. But there's, yeah. I guess, some key differences in how they kind of approach their defensive philosophies and, and how they kind of get the most out of their guys on the roster. So at least right now, what, what have you learned about the differences between, between Vogel and Udoka to this point? Yeah, her take and, you know, the caveat is that the sample of Udoka as a head coach is relatively small. He just had the one year in Boston. Now, it was a great year, but at the same time, everything before that is as an assistant. So you certainly can make the argument that Yudoka walked into a fairly loaded situation. Now, to counter to that, the Celtics were just a 500 team the year before that. So while the talent is good, it's not necessarily overwhelming. He clearly did some things last season that the year before they were not able to do. But regardless, it's definitely a good roster, worst case. And now it's a very, very good one. So you can make a case that one of Yudoka's drawbacks is that while it was very good, his sample is smaller. But in terms of defense, and both of these guys are believed to be near the top of the Rockets list, in part because they're defense first. And Jonathan Fagan's talked about the rule of opposites in these searches, Stephen Silas being more offensive-minded in his background. So if you want to have a different voice, as Raphael Stone has said, then sometimes it makes sense for that different voice to be different stylistically as well. That's just sort of how this happens. But Caitlin's take and again, she's one of the people that I respect the most in basketball media, is that Vogel has a high floor because his teams consistently try very hard on defense. He's very good at fundamentals. He's a very good culture guy. He'll get guys to work very hard day in, day out. And I think there's a lot of value in that, especially for a young Rockets team. I think that's part of his draw. But she says that his schemes are a bit inflexible at times, that he has a certain way, at least in Indiana, for example, that he wants to coach. And, you know, you think about Roy Hibbert and the principle of verticality is sort of the rim protection and, you know, just a fairly static grouping for a lot of that run that Vogel had as head coach of the Pacers in terms of their rotation. Whereas Yudoka has shown a bit more creativity. Like one of the catalysts for Boston's rise last year was using Robert Williams is basically a roaming big, the NBA equivalent of a free safety, if you will. And so Caitlin's take was that Yudoka is potentially a bit more creative defensively. And so that doesn't mean necessarily that he's better because a lot of defense is effort. And she thinks that's something that Frank, especially with a young team, would be very good at. With Yudoka, you can make an argument, albeit in a small sample, that perhaps he's a little more flexible, that he's more willing to be creative. And so where I think this all comes together, Vogel is the high floor guy. I think Yudoka is probably a little bit of a higher ceiling. 
But then there's also risks that come with that. Obviously, the risks we talked about in the first segment, there's some baggage that the company's him, but also his coaching style. Look, he's only had one year as a head coach, and that's a risk as well. So I just think some of your preference on Yudoka versus Vogel also comes down to just how risk-averse are you and what mindset are you taking as you enter this Rockets coaching search? Yeah, and I, I think let, let's stick with Udoka here for a minute because I do I do have some thoughts on the on the Vogel angle of this, but we'll we'll wrap up Udoka here in this segment and then tackle okay. Vogel in the in the final one. But I think one of the other considerations you have to make for even though it was one year, right? So limited sample size, right? He was presented with a really challenging situation because that Celtics team really started was they were underperforming, right, to start that season. Like yeah. they were, you know, there was a lot of question marks. They had the whole you know hubbub about okay, can Jalen, uh, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum actually coexist? Are they are they fracturing? Are they splintering apart? Are they going to have to trade one of them? And for Udoka to steer them through that storm, right, and come out on the other end and, and have the success that they did on the back end of that season screams somebody who is very capable of anchoring yeah. a team and, and really holding down that leadership position, which is something that, that past the X's and O's, past the sure. schemes, offense, defense, whatever, this Rockets team desperately needs a leader. Somebody that these yeah. young guys can look to and point to and follow. And they, don't, they yeah. don't have that on the floor right now. There's not one guy that you can point to and say is the de facto leader. Maybe Jabari grows into it one day. Maybe Jalen grows into it one day. But there is not. I'm sorry. The head honcho is not the leader of this team, unfortunately. <laughs> Man, um, the, the emotional fulcrum, if you will. They need that desperately on this team. And there's a lot of teams that you know need need leadership. So I think that that is one element that even though you have the limited mm. sample size, that gets gets me a lot of points in favor or gives me a lot of points in favor of uh, Udoka as potentially the next head coach. Yeah, and I thought you made that correlation in your recent pod talking about the hypothetical Jalen Brown pursuit and pairing him with Ime Udoka because clearly there's a connection there. It helps certainly that Udoka is a former player. I'm sure working underneath Greg Popovich for all those years in San Antonio, which included all sorts of big names from, you know, easy ones to manage like Tim Duncan to harder ones to manage in terms of Kawhi Leonard. He's handled a lot of different styles of players. And I think being able to manage those different egos and personalities and blend them together. I think that's why players like Jalen Brown have spoken so highly of him. Again, as you mentioned, it was not an easy situation in Boston. He inherited the team that was underperforming. And so to actually get them to blend together and get the players to buy in and believe in him. Yeah. That's the kind of intangible that, you know, potentially can put you over the top coming up. I want to actually get Ben's take on where he's got Vogel and Udoka ranked on his coaching big board in our next segment, as well as maybe pushing back a little bit on the Frank Vogel take there a moment ago. We're going to get there in just one moment, but first today's episode is brought to you by game time. Look, when it comes to buying tickets, it shouldn't be a stressful thing, right? If you're trying to buy tickets to, you know, a game or a concert or you're trying to go out to the theater or whatever it may be, you shouldn't have to stress about it, right? You're trying to go out and have a good time. You should be able to relax. Game Time can help you with that. They have flash deals and last-minute tickets available. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They've got images of the seats that you're going to get so you know exactly the type of bang you're getting for your buck. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. And you can check them out. Just snag your tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your very first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. And all right, Ben, before we get your at least preliminary decision right now as to where you stand on, you know, Vogel versus Sudoka and kind of your coaching big board. Uh, I had a bit of a, just maybe a bit of a pushback on the, I guess the rigidity standpoint from Vogel, because mm-hmm. I think maybe you, you can, you can look to and point to like his, his first stint with the Pacers and point to some of, you know, the inflexibility with his schemes, what have you. But I think if you look at how he fared with the Lakers, right, especially very specifically well, yeah. That well, very specifically, that that season that they did ultimately win the title, right? He actually showed a willingness to be flexible, right? They 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 dominated the majority of that season, right? Playing AD at the four, and they used yeah. some combination of JaVale and Dwight at the five spot, and that was their whole like they they were running double bigs all season long, right? And they had the best defense in the NBA doing so, but then they made it to the bubble, and then some of the competition that they faced in you know the the little shortened season in the in the Disney bubble, as well as in the playoffs that year, they realized that for them to have the advantage on the floor, they were better served playing AD at the five. And they made those adjustments, right? They made that adjustment against the Rockets themselves in the postseason that year, playing yeah. AD at the five and then allowing, remember in that Rocket series with Russell Westbrook and the lack of floor spacing, LeBron James was basically playing free safety defensively because he was Westbrook's primary defender. And then he yeah. would just sag off Russ and then blow up <laughs> plays left and right for the Rockets. So I do think there's a level of maybe he does have a baseline like he has an approach to defense that he does like to stick to or a philosophy on that end but I don't think it's fair necessarily to say that he is inflexible maybe yeah I think that's reasonable she was speaking predominantly to his Indiana days because I brought her on as basically a Pacers expert that's her forte and I do think that his Lakers tenure was a little bit different and shows you that yes he can adapt to the personnel by the way I thought it was interesting she mentioned that you know, his final year, of course, that was when Roy Hibbert was aging out. And so his last year was when Miles Turner was, I believe, a rookie. Perhaps his second year was when he was first coming on. And she mentioned that if Turner was still on the market, that he'd be a great fit for the Rockets with Frank Vogel. And it made me think back to, you know, all those months ago when there were w- rumors about the Rockets potentially being interested in Miles Turner. And it's one of those things that makes you think, wow, how far deep does this connection go? Have the Rockets sort of been thinking for months about, you know, these various candidates and, you know, who could potentially and what roster might make sense for them. Rumor, ha- rumor has it Frank Vogel was on his couch or play. No, not on his couch. He was, uh, he was, he was on his couch and he was playing basketball with his dog in his driveway uh, before the Rockets called him up and, you know, thought, thought about something. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that, you know, that, that Gerald Green me. story never gets old. I just, I lay, it's one of the funniest stories. I'm so sorry. I, I, yeah. I have to reference it whenever I can. Yeah. But it would not surprise me if, you know, at least on some level it was considered because, again, I don't think the Rockets just got to the final week of the season and were like, well, you know, Steven Silas is done. No, I think it's something they've been aware of for a while. It was just about what was the right time to move on. So you never know. It's entirely possible. Um, the other thing that she told me about Vogel that I thought was noteworthy was that he tends to have an NBA assistant that is a former player. And so she likes to or, or he likes, excuse me, to have that prominent on his staff. She pointed to Popeye Jones in Indiana and, of course, Jason Kidd with that Lakers team that won a title. So it's not just the head coach. It's also about the mix. And so when we talked about in the last segment about Yudoka being very player-friendly and making those connections, and, of course, he was a former player himself, that helps with that. It, it, it's also good when these guys sort of understand their own limitations. And so I think 
you know, it's not always about the head coach. It's also about how they fill out their staff. That's a big part of any search. And so Vogel being aware of that being perhaps somewhat of a weakness and taking steps to address it by putting, you know, a former player on his staff in a prominent role, be it lead assistant player development. That is something that while it may not be the same connection between the player and a head coach relative to Yudoka, who's been there, done that himself as a player, it is encouraging that at least he's aware of the weakness vocal that is for sure. No. And I, I guess that's actually maybe something to consider when we look at, you know, when this, this was one of the questions that was brought up, right. Would the Rockets be open to bringing back any of their current assistant coaches that were on Steven Silas's staff to the kind of the new regime, the new era. And, you know, the two names that I see Rockets fans consistently bringing up and that I've brought up uh, here have been, you know, I, I wouldn't be upset with bringing back, John Lucas and uh, Mahmoud Abdelfada, I, I think they would be incredible additions to anybody's staff, honestly, at this point. And when you look at Luke as kind of like OG and he's been the player, he's done that. Yep. Like, as far as Frank Vogel's concerned, like that could be maybe the holdover, the connection where not only does Luke kind of bridge the gap between the previous era, you know, pre previous eras, plural of Rockets basketball, but then he also is that, you know, former player, that connection that the players can kind of resonate with whatever um, that I guess Vogel is more uh, prone to having on his staff. Again, maybe, maybe uh, Udoka doesn't necessarily feel the need to have that on his staff because of his, you know, own track record, his, his, you know, stint, his resume, having been a, a previous player, all that stuff. But it's at least an interesting angle to consider as we're navigating yeah. this uh, coaching search. Yeah. And I think balance is the key. I believe you mentioned on Rockets Watch today, the Rockets interviewed earlier this week, James Borrego, and he and Yudoka were both part of the Popovich tree in San Antonio. And so with Yudoka having the former player chops, then maybe it allows you to lean a little bit more into X's and O's if you're making a Yudoka hire. The key in all of these is balance and sort of having multiple perspectives covered within your staff. Absolutely. And on that note, though, Ben, where where do you currently lie? Like as far as just like, we'll, we'll just keep it simple. We'll just stick with just between Vogel and Udoka, because right now I've got like, again, it's kind of pending you know, the Udoka interview, we know that the Vogel yeah. interview went incredibly well. And he, you know, passed with flying colors, basically. Uh, and that's why it feels like he's maybe internally the front runner for the Rockets. But I, I think I've still got Udoka at the top of my list. So Udoka, then Vogel for me. Yeah. What about you? Assuming he answers the questions appropriately, I, I think I would go with Udoka as well. It's interesting because Vogel would have been so perfect in these last three years. And so I think we're all sort of preconditioned to think about the high floor. And I think that's something just the overall effort level, getting that better. You know, there's still appeal to that in 2023, but it especially would have been great the last couple of years when we saw that wane at times and the lack of attention to detail on the fundamentals, the little things. When we're talking about the next few years, what we hope is a rise back to, you know, first a playoff contending level and then hopefully a contention level a few years after that you have to think about the upside as well. And so I think that's where Yudoka theoretically having a higher ceiling, being able to, you know, bond with players in a different way. Maybe that makes you more attractive on the market. Also in terms of scheme, maybe being a bit more creative or flexible. That has a lot of appeal to me, assuming he checks the other boxes. And again, I don't want to say that it's just those two. Maybe Kenny Atkinson has a great interview. Maybe, Nick Nurse comes available. You know, one of the things I'm curious to watch these next few days, if Udoka interviews with the Rockets and then there's some stories that come out that it went really well, 
Does Toronto get skittish and maybe push for a resolution with Nick Nurse? Because the one name we've consistently heard reference to the Raptors the last few months, should they make a change, is Ime Udoka. Maybe, you know, right now they're saying, you know, we don't have to make a change. But if they think that their top guy is on the verge of making a move to Houston and being off the market, then maybe Nick Nurse comes available. Then you talk to him and he's got, you know, an interesting background and he sort of fits that creativity mold as well. Just a big coaching but, domino effect, right? Just, just uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's the coaching arms race is what's happening. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, so I'm very curious to see, like if reports come out later this week that Yudoka not just interviewed, but interviewed well in Houston and is maybe co-front runner status with Frank Vogel, then yeah, what happens in Toronto and what does that mean for Nick Nurse? And then does he become a candidate for this search? And then, you know, the flip side, what happens with the Warriors and Kings? If the Warriors get swept, does that make it easier for Kenny Atkinson to not just do a Zoom interview, but actually come to Houston and talk in depth with these guys? You know, there's still a ways to go. I think at least another week, probably another couple of weeks of this search. So, and it sounds like there's going to be multiple rounds with Woj reporting over the weekend that Vogel would be brought back at some point. But yeah, as of now, assuming he answers the baggage questions the right way, and there's not more to that story than what we already know, then I think, you know, I'm at a point now where with the Rockets transitioning to the next phase and the veterans they are going to bring in this summer, which is inherently going to give them a better floor, a higher floor, if you will, simply because the roster composition isn't going to be as tilted towards young prospects. Get that veteran flex seal on there, man. Fix all the problems. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think because of that, I'm willing to roll the dice a little bit. And I do think that while Vogel, it's not a bad hire by any means. I think he could be very good here. I do think Yudoka is slightly higher ceiling. And so if it were me, assuming he checks the boxes in other areas, then I think I would lean Yudoka as well. I like how you kind of snuck in the Warriors getting swept comment in there. You you blew right past it, but you snuck it in there and I respected the hell out of you for it. I was like, of course, we gotta gotta take a shot when you can, right? On that- gotta stomp them out, man. <laughs> oh, there we go. What a way to wrap it up. Where's the Oh my on that note, Ben, you know the drill. Let me know where to track you down at. Yep, uh, Ben DuBose on Twitter, the Rocketswire on Twitter, the Logger Line on Twitter, and Rocketswire.usatoday.com for all of your daily Houston Rockets news coverage. That's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Give us your thoughts on the key differences between Emi Odoka and Frank Vogel. Who do you have at the top of your coaching board for the Houston Rockets? Is it one of those guys? Maybe it's neither of those guys. Maybe you're really hoping Nick Nurse gets let go, or maybe Kenny Atkinson type let us know in the youtube comments but as always thank you so much for watching thank you so much for listening and we look forward to having you back right here at locked on rockets your daily podcast home for everything houston rockets basketball